Hello and welcome to Anything Music, the podcast where we talk about anything related to music. My name is Joanna and I'm your host and I'm here with two very special guests, um, my second and third cousins, um, Alicia and Dave. Uh, so this is the craziest episode ever. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, it occurred to me, wow, I see that like I have other distant cousins who are also interested in music and are musicians and I'm a musician too and I know that my family history has a history of music in it as well so why don't we have them come on the podcast and talk about it uh so hello everyone hi hi <laughs> how are you good good uh so let's go through who we are so okay our ancestors Remy and Therese Simons immigrated from Belgium to Manitoba, Canada uh, in 1903 mm-hmm. and they came from a village called Everbeek. Everbeek. Okay, you know how to say it correctly. <laughs> well, it, it depends if you're pronouncing it in Flemish <laughs> or in French. How is it in French? I assume like Everbeek because they spell it like E-V-E-R-B-E-C-Q in French. Okay. And in, in Flemish it's E-V-E-R-B-E-C-Q. K-E. Right. Yeah, because I've seen lots of spellings of it. Okay. Yeah. So they came to a place called Bruxelles, Manitoba. Um, it's where a lot of like people from Holland and Belgium were immigrating to at the time and had a bunch of kids, <laughs> farmed a bit, um, <laughs> and their kids had lots of kids as well, and lots of them stayed in the community, and now they have lots of descendants in the province. I don't know all of them, but two of them are here with me now. (laughs) Um, In Belgium, their house is, like, still there, correct? And Dave, you went there. Yeah. Do you mind, like, elaborating on that? Yeah, so in in Belgium, in Everbeke, uh, Everbeke Boven, which means Everbeke above, that's actually, Everbeke is actually two towns. There's Everbeke Beneden and Everbeke Boven. Beneden means beneath in Dutch and Boven means above. And you don't really understand why until you go there, and then you realize that uh, uh, Bofin is up the biggest, steepest hill that you've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's, and that they literally, like, I think it was shortly after, like a couple years after Remy was born, they actually that's when they established Everbeke of Bofin because it was too hard for the people who lived on top of the hill to walk back to their homes after church. <laughs> So, That's interesting. Yeah, and and the and the Simmons are from are from Bolfin, the top. Actually, most of the uh, most of the families in Bruxelles, and there are there's several. There's actually probably like half a dozen to a dozen families in Bruxelles, who, Manitoba, Canada, who came from Afrika Bolfin. Okay. And the Simmons, yeah, they lived in a they lived in a uh, in a in a little house called uh, the Schre- the Schrevenhuk. Which means the crooked corner in right. Dutch, and it's this tiny little old house that's kind of like it's got that like that style of architecture, like that cottagey style with like you get the exposed wood on the outside. It okay. almost looks like Hansel and Gretel's like gingerbread house kind of thing. Which that's the house he was born in, the house that he raised our our great grandparents. Well, my great grandmother was born in Canada. I think. Okay. I think ours. So was born in Belgium. He was born in Belgium. Yeah. yeah. Mine was the first one. Alice was the first yeah. one born in Canada. But yeah, so he was born in this Schrevenhoek house. And then they 
uh, Therese and Remy had, when they had their children, they had their own house on uh, okay. Kronst, Kronstrat, Kronstrat, means Crown Street. It's right okay. right on the top of the hill. And uh, and there, yeah, that's that house doesn't exist anymore. Okay. It was it was there up until like a, maybe ten years ago, and then it was demolished. Okay. But still, on that corner is a as a little chapel that Remy built in 1902 before they came to Canada. Hmm. You can still go there and see that, which is really interesting because in Bur- in Bruxelles, he did the same thing. He did the same thing when uh, my my great great or great aunt, my my grandmother, um, Agnes Agnes Hacko, Agnes mm-hmm. Van den Bosch. When her when her mother Alice Simmons mm-hmm. Alice Hackle was uh, was pregnant with her younger sister yeah her older sister I can't remember Mar- Marguerite she was pregnant with her and uh, her mother got very ill and thought uh, which is you know Remy's daughter was very ill and they thought she was gonna die in childbirth and stuff so Remy apparently made a promise to God that if she, if she survived he would build a chapel and that's mm-hmm. what he did. Interesting. So, yeah. I didn't know that story in like that much detail. Yeah. Um. Right. So, do you actually know like what year that house, like the Crooked Corner, was built in, and does someone live in it now? Somebody lives in it now. How do you arrange a visit there? <laughs> okay. So, if you would have brought your Simmons uh, family history book, right. I could have shown you. There's a page of this guy named uh, Mark Maroui, yeah. who's from that village. He lives in the next village order in, in Lierde. And he's a, he's a local kind of history guy, like he's really interested in local history and stuff like that. And back in the 90s, he, or actually back, the story starts in the 80s, he came and visited, he had an aunt. He's related to, pe- he's related to people from the area who came to Canada. So back in the 80s, for his honeymoon actually, him and his wife came to Bruxelles to visit this distant aunt of his and... That's quite the honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's the way they described it, actually. <laughs> he kind of made a joke of it. But his, his wife was like, oh, how did I get dragged on this thing? <laughs> but uh, uh, anyways, yeah, he came here and he went to the graveyard in like Bruxelles and St. Alphonse. And he saw these graves with all these familiar names from his hometown. And he started to wonder, like, what happened? How did all these people from my town end up here? And then he started doing all this research. He talked to people from here. He talked to old people from there. He looked in the, the town registers and stuff like that. And he wrote a series of articles in this local uh, history uh, newsletter called the Treverius, hmm. where he basically, it's like six, he gave me a copy of it when I was there. It's like six episodes or uh, long. And it's basically accounting for all of the people from that village who came here and ended up in Canada. Hmm. And, like, what happened to their family over there? What happened to their family here? So then when the Simmons family went to write their, in the early 2000s, on the 100th anniversary of them coming to Canada, they went to write their book. They got in contact. He had been in contact with some of them Mm -hmm. to write these articles. So they got back in contact with him. Interesting. And he did a bunch of research for them and helped them write the book. So in the book, he writes, he has a little foreword, and it says at the end of the thing, like, if any of the descendants of Remy Simmons ever want to come and visit the land that their, their forefathers came from, I would be happy to show them. Okay, so I gotta make it down there while this guy is still alive. Yeah, well, obviously. he's 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 only like he's like my dad's age. He's like oh. in his fifties. Okay. So he's he's I think he's retiring. Okay, I have some like time to year. save up some more. Money you got then. you got some time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so now I think is an appropriate time to explain how the three of us are all related to Remy and today's, because that could be confusing to people who don't know us. Yeah. Um, so Alicia and I, we have the same great grandfather who is Albert. Simoons, who is the son of Remy. And then, so we're like second cousins. And then Dave, as he mentioned before, 
his great grandmother is the younger sister of Albert. Mm-hmm. Right. So then, how are we all sitting here today? Because we didn't grow up <laughs> together. Like, these are not people I knew my whole life. So, I guess I'll start. So, in the summer of 2018, I had a job at Turismo Real in St. Boniface. And I was like a summer bilingual tour guide person. And Alicia was also one of those other people. It was your second year there. And apparently, upon meeting me at my interview even, the people, like our former boss and like other co-workers, they thought that I reminded them a lot of Alicia. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> just like in mannerisms and like appearance. And then... So the summer starts, like we meet, we're co-workers, but Alicia has a different last name than me. Her last name is Vachon. And so I wasn't not aware at all that <laughs> we were related, but you were, yeah, right? I had a suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty strong one at that. Um, and so it was like mid, like our season started on like May long weekend. And it was like mid-June at that point. And I remember like the kiosk beside our information kiosk on the like Esplanade Riel, um, it became this like Belgian waffle kiosk. <laughs> and I said something to you like, oh, like my family is Belgian. And you were like, mine too. Actually, we're related. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and then everyone comes into work because this is the morning. And I'm like, guys, like me and Alicia are cousins. And they're like, yeah, we knew. <laughs> like you had told them or something <laughs> it was like the last to find out so that was interesting so we became friends there and then for Dave so maybe you might want to explain how you met my uncle right your uncle Patrick yeah it turns out his wife is friends with my friends like partner and I just happened to be at <laughs> I happened to go to a party of his his wife's birthday party at their house in Morden and uh, just got to talking uh, about who you know just about stuff and we started talking about Bruxelles because I always end up talking about Bruxelles <laughs> somehow <laughs> and uh yeah it just came up he, he was like oh I, I know where that is because that, that was the thing you know, whenever I tell people they ask oh you know where are you from and I'm like oh yeah I grew up in Bruxelles and they're like where where's that I've never heard of that so and so, and he was like oh I know, I know where Bruxelles is I was like how do you know where Bruxelles is He's like oh my family's from there and I'm like oh what what's uh, what's your family's name and he said oh Simmons and I'm like or I think he said Simmons as well. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, I know, I know Simmons. I'm related to them. We're probably related. And, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, when I got home, I, I took out the Bruxelles history book, the big book of Belgians, and I looked it up. And <laughs> sure enough, uh, yeah, we were related. So Yeah. And then, so how I found you, which is actually because of your trip to Belgium. So one day I was on my couch in Montreal and I was on Instagram, and I saw that, like, my uncle, Patrick, whom you met at that party, mm-hmm. had tagged me and my sister in a comment of one of your photos in the crooked corner. Right. And I was like, wait a minute, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and so I just followed you, came whatever, and moved on. And then, like, when I got the idea for this episode, I was like, I need to reach out to him. Because I saw <laughs> that he's in a band on his Instagram. <laughs> so that's how that happened. And now we're all sitting here today. So thank you. Maybe, okay... Let's go around the table and explain what we play. Um, I'll start with myself. Um, people who have listened to other episodes would know this, but I'm a viola player and I study musicology at the University of Montreal. Uh, Alicia? Um, I'm a pianist, uh, mostly. Um, 
took like the lessons, all the classic stuff. Um, and I was actually considering going into music. I ended up not. Um, I also play the trumpet and the flute on the side. <laughs> and then what do you do now? Um, I'm doing a master's in medical microbiology. Oh, wow. So <laughs> a lot of big words put together. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I have basically no classical training. <laughs> I took a couple of guitar lessons when I was in grade eight, but... Uh, yeah, I, I sing, I play guitar, that's my main instruments. I also play bass, um, I also play drums, okay, okay enough to play in like a pop punk band, which I have in the past. Um, but yeah, I play kind of like, I've played like noise punk, I've played pop punk, I've played rock, I've done all that kind of stuff. And I do a little bit of audio, like recording, I've recorded my own bands and mixed it and stuff that's being put out like put out on tape and the internet and uh and now i'm kind of getting into uh like production like making like beats and stuff like rap music and stuff so because i i'm not really doing the bands as much anymore and I, since it's something you can just do by yourself and it's kind of been, i listen yeah. to so much hip-hop now it's kind of like oh how did how does this work how do you make this so yeah i actually i have a friend at school who's doing her doctorate on belgian hip-hop and rap oh cool yeah, it's kind of related to this, but anyway, so the next, like, section of this episode is, like, the music that was happening in the community of Bruxelles, which I think had a big influence on the Simmons family, Simmons family being in, like, music, because I've heard that, like, people, like, the Simmons family has, like, a reputation of being musical, and I would agree, um, so... Maybe, Dave, do you want to talk a little bit or introduce, like, the brass band thing? Yeah. Yeah, so kind of a, kind of a big thing in, the, like, the hit musical history of Bruxelles was... Uh, was the, the hit Brux musical history? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it was the Bruxelles brass band, the... Uh, what is what's their name in French? The, like, uh, Société Nationale Bruxelles or something like that. And... Um, but uh, yeah, so they were a big thing, like right from right from the beginning, because Bruxelles was founded in 1892, and I think the band was founded like not um, not too long before. According to this, yeah, they were founded in uh, in 1899. Okay. So, yeah, and then yeah, it was basically I guess it was like they call it like fanfare kind of thing like right. I, I imagine like you know like like marching kind of like yeah you know, kind of stuff there are like, a lot of like I feel like there are pieces written for brass that are like fanfare for like stuff yeah so yeah. that's yeah a word kind of, I, was, I would associate with brass yeah and uh yeah they were kind of a community like they from what I understand they played they played in the at like pic, like community picnics and surrounding communities yeah. and stuff like that and uh yeah, it was like it was kind of like a family affair too. Like as the years went on, like generations, you know, fathers and then sons, etc. Would yeah. be in the so band. it was kind of like a rite of passage. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, like there's a there's a note here in the in the history book that says like at one point they decided that like it would only be proper if like the parish priest who you know in in a small like Roman Catholic community like that like the the church mm -hmm. was very much the center of the of the the, the village and the community. So they, they only, you know, it was, I forgot how it words it, but like it was only right if the if the parish priest would be the, the head, the the honorary leader of the band huh. and stuff like that. So and I think like uh, Louis, Louis Ackle, uh, my 
great great grandfather he was he who was very prominent member of the community was also a uh, a like the band leader at one point as well even though he didn't uh, yeah. didn't play any instruments actually so. our like albert Simoons, our great grandfather yeah. he was the band leader he was like the last yeah like, yeah up until the, the 70s up right? until the end yeah and my dad actually we have some of the instruments in our house they're like very old and rusty and like they're kind of beyond repair now yeah yeah but it's really cool to like see those i don't know if they're the exact instruments in the old photos or not right because i feel like those would be even in like even worse condition yeah yeah but it's really interesting that we have like stuff from that yeah uh, group and so there are like a couple mentions of this brass band in the media um so in like there was a movie called louise that was produced by someone who is actually related to the Bruxelles community. Uh, her name is... Lessons Marginet, right? Or, or was it... Uh, or was it Le, Le Beau or something? I had her had it written down. Oh, yeah, Anita Le Beau. Yeah. And she is the grandchild of Louise Marginet, who is the person Imagine. who... <laughs> Sorry. Is like... I, I anglicize it. Like, and everybody in Bruxelles basically now just anglicizes all of these wonderful beautiful french and flemish names like right so so i apologize if i <laughs> it's okay we're not offended um <laughs> right so anita lebeau made a movie called louise about her grandmother and it's actually the grandmother that narrates the film like i yeah, believe yeah. that i read that they started to make it like shortly before she died and then it was finished after she passed and so it's like a cartoon it's like 10 minutes long and it's like her going about her day and I don't know like she's preparing for someone to come over to play cards and mm -hmm. they never come and she's like mowing the lawn and yeah. catching flies with her hands that was but in the movie she's like flipping through an old photo book and she mentions that the brass band was like playing at all their picnics and like mm -hmm. that like dancing and music was like a big part of their community life so I thought that was really cool and then apparently they were so the band dissolved in 1974 I don't really know exactly what year, but it sort of got revamped, like in the late 90s-ish, around the time when Bruxelles was about to celebrate its centennial. That would have been 92, yeah. Right, so... I, I was there, too. I don't... I don't remember, though. I was, I was like... <laughs> yeah. I was like five, five or six years old, right, so... And there was a show with the CBC called On the Road Again <laughs> that, like, went around to different, like, communities and, like, saw, like, random stuff. And that was, like, one of them. I couldn't. I tried so hard to find the episode online, but I just couldn't. But, like, that's kind of cool that they were, like, featured on, like, yeah. a CBC show. I'll have to find that because that, yeah. that sounds really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I find it really interesting that the role of music in their community was, like, so prominent. Um, like, even in their, like, churches, like, it, the book also, the big book of Belgians also talks yeah. about uh, their choir and stuff. Yeah. And then, so, that influenced more descendants throughout the generations. And so, for example, in my family, like, my papère, um, which means grandfather in French-Canadian, um, he is, like, a Elvis super fan. <laughs> um, in their room... No, in my in the, my grandparents' house before they sold it, um, in the basement they had like all these Elvis like themed things and like all the records and stuff. I used to call it the Elvis room. I think I was like the only <laughs> person awesome. who called it called it that though. And uh, whenever all the men 
like whenever we have like a family gathering, all the men like sort of collect commune together <sighs> in like wherever the Elvis room is. Um, now my grandparents have an apartment and that room has changed, but they always um. gravitate towards like the speakers. <laughs> That's sort of where they go. Um, and apparently my grandfather got interested in Elvis because there was like one TV in the town of Bruxelles. And this was like around the time when rock and roll was starting to get going. And he remembers like going to watch Elvis on the TV. And this was at the time where like they were only filming like the top half of Elvis. Right, <laughs> because right. Because yeah. the, the bottom was too scandalous yeah, for yeah. television <laughs> at the time. Um, and then that influenced his sons quite a bit. Like my dad has always been interested in music. Like right now he's really interested in like classical music. He's like obsessed with Schubert. Um, he'll probably listen to this and just laugh at me after. But <laughs> And then my uncle Patrick, whom you met, yeah. he has his own like folk band. Yeah, yeah. And they had another brother who was in between them who passed away quite a long time ago, but he was into like musical theater and like played piano and stuff like that. So it's like all the men in my family who are Simmons are like really obsessed with music. Um, Alicia, uh, do you have people in your like circle who are? Yeah. Um, well, I would say, I guess like my biggest influence is my grandpa. Um, he can play any instrument um, <laughs> from like fiddle, mandolin, um, slide trombone, trumpet. I think he traded his bass for the trumpet. I ended up with the trumpet, which is great. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, bass, like, it's pretty versatile. Um, you can play the piano as well a little bit. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some too. And I guess, like, it's just, he's always been so involved in, like, bands um, with his siblings and all that. So I guess that was a big influence in my family. Um, and from there, my uncle kind of caught that. Um, I guess, urge to play music. He's very musical. Caught the bug. <laughs> the bug. <laughs> um, my mom's not musical at all. Well, she, she sung a bit in, like, school things, but, um, yeah, she's not really musical. Um, from there, I would be the next, like, big into music. Um, at age seven, I begged to take piano lessons. Um, <laughs> um, and just like out of nowhere, I don't think my mom's ever told me ever like go practice. Like it was always like, I got it. I can do this <laughs> every yeah. night. Um, so those are really the big influences I would say. And they've had a big impact on me as a musician for sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so I'd say like in terms, it's kind of weird. Cause like, my parents, like my mom, my mom plays piano a little bit and sing, sings and stuff, but never really like nothing too crazy. But like my dad was always like just obsessed with the Beatles growing up. Like when we were kids, like I didn't, we didn't hear lullabies or anything. We heard the Beatles. And then whenever we'd go over to like family gatherings on my, on my mom's side, actually, my, uh, my uncle Misha, Misha Chevalier, who his ancestors are also from Eferbeke, um, yeah, him and my dad would just talk about the Beatles, just everything the Beatles. So growing up, it's like, I just wanted to play, wanted to play guitar and be like the Beatles. But, uh, yeah, my dad isn't really musical, but my grandma, uh, on that side was, was quite musical. She played organ and sang in the choir in church. And then she's, 
like so her mother is Alice Simmons and she had I think 11 siblings and out of them there's like uh, I think like Marguerite was very musical uh, she sang in the choir a bit and then her brother um, Eddie Uncle Eddie he played bass in the in the in the band in church with with Daniel with Daniel Simmons and uh, I think it was which which she has so many sisters I can't remember which one's which one of them um, is a, is married to a marginate, actually, to um, oh, what's his name? Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Anyways, he he was like really musical. He plays in uh, Robert Robert Marginette. He he plays in a he's like a professional musician. He plays in a uh, Patsy Cline uh, tribute band that like okay. goes around. They're called the Inclinations. Okay. They go around <laughs> and play at like you know like. Uh, re- uh, like McPhillips Station and you know, you know that kind of thing. They do like the, the like old people, you know, uh, casino circuit and you know stuff like that. So, but yeah, all all of these people being you know the the descendant like Remy would have been all their great their grandfather. So, mm-hmm. um, like they're all products of that community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and some a bunch of them as well played in the played in the band. And their father Jean Louis Hacko was the played in the Brooksells band as well. He was the he I remember what he played, but I think he was the band leader for a while as well. He might have played uh, like euphonium or something. I'm not I don't know my brass instruments yeah. very well. <laughs> it's the one that Is looks it like, like a, a, a smaller tuba. It looks like a yes, smaller that's tuba. Euphonium. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was always a uh, a big thing in uh, in Brooksells for sure. Yeah, and then the other thing I'm thinking of is like I don't think you are related to these people. Well, maybe you are. I don't know. But so the wife of Albert Simmons, so like our great, mine and Alicia's great grandmother, um, she and her, so Helen and Lucy Magin. Oh, Magin, yeah, yeah, Were yeah. twins. Right, yeah. And Helen is our great grandmother. Yep. But Lucy didn't have any descendants, so we kind of just inherited all her like instruments and stuff. But they i guess like played violin and mandolin it's not clear to me if they like exchanged instruments a lot or but i was told that like both of these instruments belong to them so uh my great uncle danielle simmons um he had like a music room in brookshells and there was a time where every summer i would go stay with my grandparents in morden and sometimes we would go visit like brookshells and so i got to see danielle's music room and on his wall, there was, like, a violin that was hanging, and he also had this, like, bullback mandolin. And he told me that those instruments belonged to those twins, that they would play them. And so me being able to play violin, like, I played violin before, I played viola, I was interested in the violin. And so when he, like, moved houses, um, he gave us a call, and we took those instruments. And we did get the violin fixed by, like, a professional luthier. Uh, which is someone who like fixes string instruments and stuff and so i actually play it and not very often because it's not my principal instrument anymore but um this past like fall i guess my friend who has like a baroque concert series needed an extra violin for like a concert that she was doing and so i was like hey do you want to just like babysit my instrument (laughs) while i'm away for school like uh, it'd be nice if someone was playing it. So it got played in like a professional concert. Huh. That's kind of the interesting story of those instruments. And the mandolin is it has some like tension issues that need to be resolved, but it's a cool instrument. It's like a bullback, yeah. like Venetian style huh. thing. 
Yeah. Okay, so I also made like a list, sort of like a synopsis of Belgian music history, uh, which I thought would be cool to bring up because we're talking about Belgians in Canada, but it would be cool to mention the Belgians in Belgium as well, yeah. <laughs> where they came from. So Alfred Sachs. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's on there too. Um, so I guess, like, from what I found on the internet, the earliest stuff that I could come up with was the Franco-Flemish school in the 15th and 16th century, which refers to uh, polyphonic or like vocal polyphony. Uh, like, so the Franco-Flemish school refers to the style of vocal polyphony that was being developed in the Low Countries at the time, and they're like divided in like five generations of people, but yeah, they really had an influence on like vocal polyphony and like choir, and then that started to spread into like the rest of Europe too, hmm. eventually. So that's kind of cool that like that originated in like Belgium. Um, and then in the Romantic era, we have like people who have studied classical music would know these people, but we have some well known composers now, like. Adi Virta, um, Eugene Yisei, Yisei, I'm definitely saying that wrong, but anyway, he wrote a lot of violin stuff, and then Cesar Franck, and those are all, like, pretty well-known people in, like, the classical music uh, scene. You said that, Alicia, you said you recognized them, right? No. Oh, no, you said you didn't recognize I don't. them. Okay, anyway, well, they, they wrote a lot of stuff for, like, strings, which yeah, is probably how I know them. Yeah, that's probably why I, um, I don't. Yeah. And then in the early 1840s, Adolphe Sax invents yeah. the saxophone. In Dinan. Yeah. I've been, I've been there. I've been to the to the, uh, <laughs> the town that he's from. It's in Wallonia. Interesting. Um, yeah, so if you ever see a saxophone uh, anywhere, you, you can say that it came from Belgium. Um, and then in the 1960s, Belgium had a revival of traditional and folk music, um, and a couple people that I've noted down. Uh, so one of them is Boba Jan Schupen. I may be saying that wrong, I don't know. Uh, so he was a virtuosic whistler <laughs> who made a, the first significant breakthrough in recordings of Flemish folk music. And then another one that actually, I've been listening to him for a few days now, uh, Vanis Van de Velde. He's another Flemish folk singer. There's Van de Velde in Canada as well. Yeah. It's actually a very common name in Flanders. I think thing. I've, yeah. Because Van de Velde means of the field. Right. So. Um, yeah, you know, he's another like singer, and he's labeled as an artist, musician, poet, and puppeteer. I'd be <laughs> interested to know how the puppet stuff yeah, <laughs> plays into all into that. <laughs> so that's kind of our like synopsis of Belgian music history, right there. And okay, so the next like part of this episode is like our own ourselves, <laughs> our own influences as musicians. So how do you guys think? that being sort of products of the Bruxelles community um, has influenced you as musicians? I'm gonna have to think about this a bit. You can go first. <laughs> okay. Well, I would say that like, this is, this is a little more direct, I guess, but like having grown up in Bruxelles and not, and being kind of like isolated, cause right. you know, it's, it's two hours away from Winnipeg and I grew up there, like, I'm, I'm a bit older than you guys, but, uh, like, I'm 30, I'm 30, 34 this year, so I grew up in Bruxelles in a time before the internet, so the only way I heard about music was, like, oh, the Big Shiny Tunes CD, you know, so, like, my, like, my, and I guess this is relevant to my musical 
practice, I guess, as a as a kind of, you know, like rock, you know, popular music kind of person. But like, so my exposure of like, my exposure to mute to these, you know, this music was like, only the like weird like I had such a weird like in my high school we listened to like Eminem and Nickelback and Rage Against the Machine like it was just only like little only the stuff that really was like you know really the most popular the most stuff and we we were always like six months or like a year behind you know yeah so like I think in a way like and I was just fine with that like I didn't know any better I was like oh yeah I'm like I listened to like I remember my favorite band when I was a kid was Nirvana and like that you know I was like so I was you know I'm I'm an outcast you know I listen to Nirvana <laughs> so so you know so obscure you know like which now you know it was like they were the biggest band in the world and then in the early nineties like but I think it, I think it made like my approach to like writing music and stuff like it's very like I I never feel like oh I have to have to be too cool or I'm too, I'm too cool for that you know because I like. The kind of music I listen to and let I still go back to is still very not cool and like the the hip you know hip local music scene kind of stuff you know so I think growing yeah growing up in that kind of an environment and being uh, kind of isolated kind of formed that that yeah <laughs> uh, I guess for me like I I grew up in Winnipeg um, and I guess like. A lot of my family moved away, um, and so we'd get together at Christmas, and that was like, it's the biggest time of the year for my family. It's our favorite time, and um, every Christmas we'd get together and jam the whole family. Interesting. Like, so, uh, just like kind of the ever presence of music in like every family get together, and like even just at home. Um, for me, I guess I was just totally immersed in that, and. It's really special. <laughs> uh, I would say that's kind of the main influence, just being completely immersed. Yeah. And you mentioned to me once before that like your grandparents would play like French Canadian music. Yeah, as just well. A lot of like just fiddle festivals voyageurs type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um and like my grandpa he played a lot of that like in this band, like with siblings i think i believe like the starlight trio oh I don't there's know. a different group i don't know i think you it was just kind people of a are? people thrown together um, it's like danielle and a couple other ones <laughs> i think uh, i think like i think robert marginet might have been in that one too there's a whole there's a whole thing in the uh in the, in the history book about all these brooksells bands but these were all kind of like before my time yeah i think i think i think it kind of changed like once you know with more like you know pop culture and like exposure to tv and recorded music and like you know i think it kind of because like when i was growing up there weren't really any like local bands you know mm-hmm. but when i look at like these bands like like that starlight trio yeah. and stuff like that it was kind of like more back in the 60s and okay. stuff where people didn't really have ex- you know there might have been like a couple of radio stations and they probably didn't play much popular music and stuff like that so yeah right so he was in a band yeah he was I don't know the name of it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I also just find it crazy how, like, both of your grandparents have this huge, like, rock influence, like, Elvis and the Beatles, whereas, like, in my family, like, there's none of that at all, really. Like, mm. it was just playing our, like, traditional stuff and, like, Interesting. going for it. Hmm. <laughs> I'm curious, because I was told that your family is, like, the only, like, francophone family, like, left. Mm-hmm. Well, my on... grandma was, like, a Durin, so... 
very French. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we still all speak French. Yeah. Yeah, we don't... Uh, like, I went... You know, like, Bruxelles is spelled the way they spell Brussels yeah. in Belgium, right? Bruxelles. And, like, I went to Saint-Marie school and you know which up up until a couple of years before i started kindergarten was actually still an ursuline sisters uh, convent like mm. a, literally taught by nuns still and everything like very french yeah my grandma's last name is echo you know like and we didn't learn like the french we learned in school was like mm. you know like we were taught french by people who didn't even speak french so like that is that's really died there's only a couple families really in bruxelles used to like the, some of the Manger, the Manger family still speaks French, and they're really, yeah, not too many. They still speak yeah. French in Bruxelles. So, um, yeah. So for me, I'd say like I grew up in Winnipeg, and I've only been to Bruxelles a few times in my life. But I'd say that like this bug that I'm talking about of like people in my family, like Simoons in my family specifically being like obsessed with music like I caught that too in a way um and also just like having a parent well multiple parents my mom likes music too um who like were aware of the arts and like supported that like me and my sister didn't play a lot of sports when we were younger like we were more like artsy and stuff like that and like my mom used to make playlists for us monthly in the car because my parents like because my dad and my mom were aware of what good music was, they really hated listening to those CDs that were made for kids, like the really annoying like yeah. tunes. And so their solution to that was making a playlist every month with like songs that were okay for adults, mm -hmm. but also like appropriate for children. So like no swears and like, you know, the subject matter is all right and that sort of thing. And so that's how I got a lot of exposure to like a lot of different types of music and that's I think where my like interest in music started like in my biography that I just redid <laughs> since I left the performance world and like went more to musicology um I say that my love for music started in the back seat of my parents car uh -huh. <laughs> and yeah my dad plays like multiple instruments when I was younger he played the trumpet, but he said that it scared us, and so he like <laughs> got rid of it or he stopped. And then um, at one point he picked up like the bass guitar, and then it was the euphonium, and then it was the cello. <laughs> that's, that's pretty eclectic. Like and it's then, not like you know like yeah. he's, you know he played a brass and then he just went to a <laughs> yeah. different brass or he played you know guitar so he's played bass. It's like and it's... he's always had like different obsessions like it's he at one point he was really into miles davis probably in the trumpet days right <laughs> and then i don't know like more jazzy stuff it kind of like evolved and now it's more classical stuff which is why he picked up the cello at one point and then he just recently sold his cello so that he could buy these like super expensive speakers because now what, what he likes to do instead of playing music is like listen to music he invests a lot of time and energy and like money into like listening hmm. to music it's cool. Yeah. Um, so a theme that I'm noticing in all of this, as I've been thinking about like planning this episode, um, it's like music in small communities. Now I think that like you, Dave, could probably relate to this a little bit more than me and Alicia because like me and Alicia grew up, I mean, like in the Winnipeg area. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what it like the brass band 
was like the the way that their community came together. Yeah. Essentially. And like the choirs at church and yeah. like etc. Like that was sort of what brought people together because I mean as you said in the time where there was no internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was like what you had to and, do. Yeah, and and when you know in the time of the brass band we're talking about a time before television, a time before, you know, even radio. Like they only got electricity in on the farms surrounding Bruxelles, they only got electricity in the 40s or the 50s, I think. Like, mm-hmm. it was pretty late that they got electricity. So, they, you know, they would have they probably had radios, like, run off batteries, I guess. I, I've seen pictures of, like, windmills generating power and stuff they, that they yeah. put on it. But, yeah, like, it, it was definitely a smaller... And, like, you didn't travel like you do today, you know. You didn't... Mm-hmm. It's not like people drove into Winnipeg or, or even, you know... In those days, it could have taken the train. But even to yeah. take the train, you had to you had to go from Bruxelles to Holland, Holland yeah. Manitoba. <laughs> that happens to be half north of Bruxelles, which is I always find funny, just like in Europe. But which is funny because Holland is actually named after their first postmaster, whose last name was Holland. Mm. It's not named after Holland <laughs> in, in the Netherlands. Interesting. But yeah, it was it was a lot smaller of a you know your world was a lot smaller mm-hmm. back then. So. There was such a thing as, you know, being like a local community band and then you played every weekend. They'd have dances and like, you know, dances and barn dances and stuff like that. And you'd play every weekend and stuff like that. It's not like, you know, it is nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. And then that also reminds me of another story that I read in the Simmons book, I think it was, where like mine and Alicia's great grandparents took like a honeymoon like they took their honeymoon in winnipeg yeah and that was like super cool to them they yeah. thought it was like such a voyage and like quite the experience yeah so interest like nowadays like we have cars and stuff that can get us to point a and point b like more easily yeah but i mean i don't not sure how they traveled at that point but like it would have been a lot like winnipeg would have been a lot more out of their sphere yeah, exactly, than what it yeah. is now. Yeah. Like, how far away, exactly, is Bruxelles from Winnipeg? It's about 160 kilometers. Which is how many hours by car? About two hours. Okay. Yeah. So that would have been a trek before yeah. cars. Yeah. Yeah, back in those days, they probably would have taken taken the train. Like, they had... They, well, they would have had cars, too, but, like, the hi- even the highways weren't, you know... Like, prior prior to, like, World War Two and stuff, like, the highways weren't as good as they are nowadays, too, so... The train was definitely, like, a big thing, so... Yeah. And this whole, like, music in a small community thing is also making me reflect on, like, my transition from a community like Winnipeg to a place like Montreal, where, like, in Winnipeg, we are so isolated. Um, Like, you leave the city, there's nothing. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, just to go to, like, any other major city, unless you plan to, like, take a huge road trip, like, you just have to drive... Like, you pay a lot of money for a flight ticket or drive for a really long time so it's a very isolated community compared to like somewhere like toronto and montreal and ottawa where like those cities are so interconnected and that's sort of like the hub for like classical music like arts like anything really yeah like (laughs) the, the music scene in winnipeg is so like it's so small but it's so because literally like you know after you've been here for a few involved in it for a couple of years, you basically know everybody yeah. and every person, you know, is in like five bands and, you know, five different kinds of bands. <laughs> and like, it's so, it's so small and, you know, it's, uh, but it's still, it's still really great, you know, because yeah. it's not like people don't, 
it's kind of like the you know being a big fish in a small pond kind of thing you know where like you can you can do stuff and like really be quite you know get a lot of attention and stuff in Winnipeg doing stuff mm-hmm. that whereas if you were that same doing that same thing in Toronto it would just be like oh yeah there's like 50 of you who gets like you know like <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so it's kind of interesting like the Winnipeg music scene for sure yeah and then this is also this is probably something you can relate to Alicia um when we worked in St. Boniface in Turismo Real, um, I noticed that like a big thing that held that community together, specifically like the Francomantovan community, was the arts. I don't know. Do you have? Do you re- agree with that? <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, even just Winnipeg altogether, like Folklorama, is a good example of that. Yeah. Just like everyone getting together and learning about everyone's culture through music and dance. Um, and I mean, the Franco uh, Manitoban community is super, like, they like to keep their traditions up. Yeah. So that really binds the community together for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I always, in my life, I was always curious about what it means to be Belgian and, like, what that identity is. Because I, like, my other. Like, uh, my heritage is, like, exactly a quarter English, French, German, and Belgian. And so I knew I was, like, equally all four things, but I also felt very disconnected from what the Belgian identity is, because I just, like, don't know a lot about it. Like, France, England, and Germany are, like, very distinct things, but I felt like the Belgian part of it was a bit far removed from what I was capable of relating to. So I'm wondering if, like, what does it mean to you guys to be Belgian-Canadian? I'm going to be honest. Like, my influence is mostly French. Yeah. So, like, I'm the same as you. I don't... I haven't explored that side really yeah. much. So, yeah, it's always been, like, the French culture is really dominant in my family. So. Yeah, like, growing up in Bruxelles and... Was, that was that was everything right like and I didn't I didn't ever I guess growing up there where I like where I went to school everybody is everybody in Brussels has is, is Belgian yeah and everybody like in and everybody's related to so, which is why you can't date anybody from your hometown <laughs> but, like literally in my in my class in school with there were seven people in my grade and I'm related to six of them so like but uh, yeah like so Anyways, my point I was going to make was that, like, I didn't realize there was anything, like, different than being, like, a Roman Catholic Belgian. Like, that that was just the default. So I, did, I didn't really think much about it until I, until I left home and I, you know, I lived in Brandon for a few years and then I've lived in Winnipeg for a long time. And I guess, like, it seems to me like a Belgian identity is, well, especially, like, Belgian like settler identity is just this like kind of because uh, it's not like we had the greatest advantages of like you know uh in terms of getting the best land like by the time we got here you know the red river valley was already settled Brookcells is in the hills it's not the best land which is still very beautiful though. oh it's beautiful it's beautiful but just from you know they were came here to be farmers and yeah. it's not the most agriculturally productive it's it's pretty good my dad says they always get a crop because even when it floods they're up in the hills right <laughs> yeah. so they, all, they always get a crop is what he says. But like, yeah, the Belgian identity was just one of like perseverance and just like values of like hard work. Definitely like the Roman Catholic faith was very strongly intertwined. 
and really the musical tradition in Bruxelles is very tightly intertwined with that Roman mm-hmm. Catholic faith. Like the the like the band that Daniel you know headed in church every Sunday, and as well as some of the other. I think there was a there was another Simmons as well who played bass in it. I'm not sure which one he is. I wish I could remember his name. But then like Robert Marginet played in that band. Eddie Eddie Hacko, who's my grandmother's brother, played in that band as well. And the choir was a big thing. So like all of that was kind of yeah, just like hard work, perseverance. Pretty like pretty conservative, you know. Like um, yeah, which is it's funny because like. And, like, the, the, it's not like we had, like, the kind of, you know, we didn't have the language, right? Like, because people don't, mm-hmm. like, my grand, both my grandfathers speak Flemish, but it, was, it wasn't really passed on. They only speak Flemish because their parents spoke Flemish as a first language, so that was the first language they learned. Even though they were born in Canada, it was the first language they, mm-hmm. but there was no reason to, you know, to pass it on to their kids. And, uh, like, yeah, it's something I thought a lot about, this Belgian identity, having, like, I've been to Belgium twice, and I've talked to try to, like, find, you know, find my roots and find what this, what's the connection. And it's different, too, though, right? Because there's, there's a, there's, it's been a hundred years since, since our family left, you know, over a hundred yeah. years since we left. So, like, our ideas of Belgian cult, like, what the, like, over the years, obviously, you know, things have been left by the wayside. We've come, or the Belgians in Canada have become more Canadian, more assimilated. Mm-hmm. And, and so the things we have left, like, you know, like making waffles and, <laughs> uh, you know, like um, playing Belgian bowling. I don't know if you guys know Belgian yeah. bowling. Playing yeah. be- bean. I feel like that but, appeared less in my family, but I'm glad that it appears yeah. in other places. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So these, these things are just like, there's like a few kind of like almost cliche things. Mm-hmm. But, and, like, if you go to the, yeah, like, um, yeah, so it's funny, like, they're, what they consider their culture and what, it's kind of different, yeah. you know, and when I talk about things that we do and they're kind of like, oh, that's, that's old-timey stuff, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Belgian bowling is, like, they call it crowbole, and uh, it's specifically a thing in the, in, in this, in the part of Belgium where our family is from, in, in East mm-hmm. Flanders. It's only in that part where they do this thing, and not many people do it anymore. It's, like, unheard of. But here in in, a, in in Canada, in the United States, in places where there are Belgians, like South Bend, Indiana, Detroit, uh, uh, Moline, uh, Winnipeg, there's lots of Belgian bowling, right? So That's interesting. It's kind yeah. of like a, a time capsule. We are, yeah. And that's, that's another thing is that, like, when my grandparents went to Belgium back in the 2000s, and, and my grandfather spoke Flemish, like, he learned at home, <laughs> some... <laughs> Some uh, some old woman went up to him and was like so happy like you speak the true Flemish you know because <laughs> wow. all the, all the kids you know I'm sure it's like like French nowadays too you know like there's so much slang and you know English words probably less so I less so much like Quebec French I understand it's very traditional old style but like you know metropolitan French has lots of slang and stuff and it's the same thing with with Flemish and du- mm-hmm. Dutch right is there's so much English words and stuff like that's thrown in so when my grandfather was speaking he was speaking the old Flemish and they were so so yeah we are in a way we are we're we're all we're like token Belgians but we're also (laughs) like a Belgian time capsule so it's yeah it's kind of interesting I feel like the way that I now that like in this conversation some ideas are coming to mind it's more like my Belgian identity is like particularities about the Simoons specifically I'll start with the last name so it's spelled S-I-M-O-E-N-S. And throughout my entire life, 
it has been the bane of my existence <laughs> on attendance sheets and like roll calls and stuff like that. Because sometimes substitute teachers would be like, uh, like they, they would like, you know, hesitate to say the yeah. name or like, you know, they got to mine because yeah, they're they like trying to figure it out. <laughs> or like they'll just butcher it or like spell it like simeons yeah. and like seem it. Like some people ask me if I'm Mennonite. I'm not. Like it just, they've never said it right until. Uh, my graduation ceremony which we were allowed to like we had a card with our name and number on it <laughs> and we were able to like write out the phonetic pronunciation mm. of our last name and so i wrote instead of the oe i wrote like m like s-i-m-o-o-n-s and there they said it right yeah. so it took them like 13 uh-huh. years but i got them to say it right on the yeah. last try <laughs> um and then yeah, it's kind of like a controversy in some people's way of pronouncing it. Like, some people in my family feel very strongly about saying it's Simmons, whereas my parents like to say it's Simmons because that's the proper, that's the proper like, Flemish, Flemish way of way. saying it. O- O-E makes, like, uh, makes it U sound, yeah. Some people in my family say it's Simmons. Like, it's just like every Yeah, family. Patrick was done. Yeah, that's I'm how like, they say I'm it. I'm like, I think it's supposed to be Simmons. Yeah. And he was like, no, I'm, we're, we're making it Simmons. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And, and when, in, in Bruxelles, everybody says Simmons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't think I realized, like, growing up that there was a difference between, like, Simmons and, like, Richard Simmons. Like, I thought that was the same last name. Yeah. Until I actually, like, went to spell it one day. I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, that's different. Yeah. I don't know. I've thought about, like, someday when and if I get married, would I want to give up my last name for the convenience of having not, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, this problem that has followed me my entire life. Then in a way, it kind of makes me who I am. And it makes me proud to be like, no, like, St. Simmons. I used to yeah. be very, like adamant of, I used to like correct teachers nice. when I was a lot younger I don't anymore I don't care but like yeah it's kind of that that last name is very much a part of my identity because I always have to correct people or like people are always asking me how to say it properly and then I have to say like oh well it's from like Belgium it's like a Flemish name and then one time I had a professor last semester who just like outright said Simoons the first time and really? i was like who are you yeah, like, what do you it know? turns out that he used to live in belgium <laughs> oh there you go so there we go yeah but yeah um did you know that simmons is a, a patronym it's a what a patronym it's the it's like uh you know like the the name is it's the father's name like simmons simmons would be son of simon oh right yeah okay i think i i've heard this before yeah, yeah. okay that yeah which really is right. which is interesting because like I, I find, like, Flemish last names so interesting because, like, there's so many different ones. Like, for from what I've read, like, for, for a country its size, it has, like, a, a ridiculous amount of surnames. And the reason is is that they're relatively new. Like, they only... Mm-hmm. People only had to choose... Like, everybody only had to, by law, have their own surname. I think it was when the... Uh, when, like, the French... The French invaded in, like, the 1790s. So everybody had to choose a surname at that point so that mm-hmm. they could tax everybody properly. But what that means is that naturally over time you lose surnames, right? Like people don't have kids, you know, people get married, you know, people have all daughters, surnames. So in countries that have had surnames for a really long time, there's very few surnames. 
Belgium has so many different ones. Yeah. And they're and they're very old timey. Like my last name Vandenbosch means of the forest. Hmm. Bos means forest, and in old old timey kind of Flemish, Bosje means forest. So and van means of, and den means the. So yeah. And then I guess like the the farm culture of like being handy and like yeah. being Mister Fix It All has like self infiltrated yeah. into my family as well. Like my dad, like when and his father, like they're so like when something breaks, like they can't relax until it's fixed. Like they're very like like try and fix themselves before hiring someone else and yeah. stuff like that. And I think that comes from like the farm. Definitely, yeah. I'm, I'm the, I'm the yeah. same way. I don't I. I fix everything in my house myself. <laughs> right. Um, so at the end of every episode, I ask each guest for a listening suggestion. So I think I'll start with Alicia on this one. Oh, what is your parting <laughs> uh, listening gospel for the people? <laughs> um, hmm. I'm going to be honest. I didn't really think about it. That's okay. <laughs> I know I had it all day, but... Um... Um, I'm going to suggest people to go and look at something that's traditional from their own culture and cool. look back, um, and I don't know, maybe you'll find something interesting. <laughs> that's a very unique suggestion. You're the first person to say something other than like a specific album or song. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I, I thought about it too. And I was like, I don't know. Um... Because, yeah, nowadays I, I really, like, I mostly listen to hip-hop. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, I'm, like, this, like, rock musician guy or whatever, but all I all I do is listen to hip-hop now. But but I, I do have a band that I, I really like. Uh, their name is uh, Dead Soft. They're from Vancouver. They're good friends of us, of, of my my wife and I's, and our, our band, our old band had played with them on tour and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, their album, Dead Soft, their first self-title, it's, like, like, because like I was saying before, Nirvana was such a huge in- influence, and right now in like uh, in like kind of punk music, there's a big like kind of revival of that kind of like noisy, like grungy kind of like '90s yeah. rock, and they're they're so good. And I'd also say because we're talking about hip hop, and and you were talking about Belgian rap, yeah, uh, to check out uh, Delict, which or Delicts, Delict, D E okay. space L I K T, okay. which is a a they're actually Dutch. They're from uh, Rotterdam. Rotterdam uh but they're like a really cool like kind of like everything I find with like your uh, euro music everything has like this kind of like techno kind of like electronic influence to it because they love electronic music so yeah they do like rap but like the beats is like you know like it's got that kind of like electro but it's like I don't know I've learned a lot of a lot of Dutch from listening to it so interesting and then I'm gonna provide one as well I've never done this before Actually, I did in the episode about myself. Um, <laughs> anyway, but I'll throw in one. Um, my uncle, Patrick Simoons, has an album. Uh, it's called Peace Comes at Last. His band is called Lakes and Pines. And my favorite song of theirs is called Winter Storm. Uh, I think it's a really cool, like, Manitoba song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thank you guys for coming on this podcast and being That's a part of this nice. experience with me. Yeah. I feel like my weird creative imagination has finally had like another idea come to life and this is one of them uh so yeah this has been anything music the podcast where we talk about anything related to music